This is The Jerry Callahan Show. You know, psychiatrists say this is the most depressing day of the year. They call it Blue Monday because it's uh, the holidays. Christmas is over. It's cold. It's Monday. It's the middle of January. But uh, I beg to differ. I disagree. It was, and I'll tell you why, because of the NFL. The NFL just makes these weekends, these cold, depressing winter weekends, they just make it so much fun. I think it was uh, Bill Veck a former eccentric owner of the uh, Chicago White Sox who said baseball, he said, you know, baseball is a great game because it overcomes the idiots who run it. And I would say that applies even more to the, uh, to the NFL. We know, we know that idiots run it and we know idiots officiate it as we saw over the weekend. We saw perhaps the worst uh, roughing the passer call of all time in the giants, Minnesota game. Uh, and, uh, I had a feeling it was going to affect the outcome and we'd be talking all about that terrible call on, uh, on, uh, Kirk cousins, but it didn't have cousins came through with a clutch three yard pass on fourth and eight in the final play of the game. I'm not sure why, what's the, the tight end Hawkinson, why he ran that route or why cousins who seems like a smart player, why he would throw that pass, but it was a fitting ending to a great game. Big win for the giants. I think. This was a spectacular weekend in the NFL, and it's not over yet. We got tonight, we got uh, the Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay in a playoff game. The eight and nine bucks hosting a playoff game, and it could be, it will be, I think, uh, Tom Brady's final game in Tampa. So we have more drama, and it was just a great weekend all around. I didn't even know that I went four and one in the picks. I thought I got the the Ravens game wrong, but I got it right. So I'm, I'm on a roll and I'm enjoying it and I can't wait. It's one of those days. I, I, I often talk about when uh, Larry Bird was in his prime and you'd wake up in the morning knowing there was a big game that night and it just made the whole day so much brighter. You just looked forward to watching Bird and uh, the Celtics take the court that night. Well, that's how I feel today. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not depressed at all. Uh, and, uh, and it's Martin Luther King Day. So if you have to work, you don't, uh, you probably won't have a lot of traffic. Um, that's, uh, is this, oh, this is the standings? Yeah. I really this, one? All right. These I got are the Cowboys tonight to keep, yeah. it, keep the roll going. Uh, that's right. San Francisco in a route. Jacksonville in an amazing comeback. The Bills, I got that wrong. Everyone got that wrong. You see, 85% of the money in Vegas came in on the bills. That was a big win for the house, for the bookies, the giants who, uh, are, who are Brian Dayball is the coach of the year period. I don't want to hear any more debate. He, he has done a spectacular job of uh, coaching up Daniel Jones and that team. They're uh, playing above their weight class. I'm not sure how much longer the run's going to last, but great season for the little chubby bald guy. You know, you notice most, most of the league, the trend was to hire these, you know, handsome guys with the stubbly beard and the, and the, and the very fit physique like uh, Cliff Kingsbury and, uh, you know, Sean McVay, those types, those handsome guys. Well, then you got Brian Dayball, the bald, dumpy guy who, when he went over to shake hands with Kevin O'Connell, the, the Viking, he, he's, he's two feet shorter than Kevin O'Connell, another handsome young guy. But the chubby, bald guy, you'll be happy to know, Ironhead, he lives on. He survives to fight another day. 
it's a likable Giants team, which is uh, yeah. not something I've said too often in my life. But we'll get to the NFL. We'll get to that uh, Dallas at Tampa game tonight. Um, and we'll get to uh, Martin Luther King, uh, MLK Day, uh, and, and the perhaps the worst tribute. I know it's the worst statue I've ever seen. If you missed it, over the weekend, this was Friday. Let's let's get to the statue. Let's get to this abomination, which is right here in Boston on Boston Common. I had seen pictures of it, not actually seen through the cracks in the fence, uh, the, the the parts of the statue. I, I knew it was going to be a little weird. It was going to be it's going to get mixed reviews at best. I had no idea it would be this bad. I went down there. I went to the uh, the common on Friday to see Billboard Chris, our our guest on Friday. Billboard Chris, if you don't know, is a uh, an American hero. Even though he's Canadian, he is fighting for kids. He's fighting to stop the madness, the insanity of giving children puberty blockers and sex change surgeries. In other words, he's doing God's work. He's fighting for kids. He's fighting this trans mob, this gender ideology, which has taken hold around the country. And he's getting real results. I mean, they're, he, he and others are shutting down some of these clinics, are, are forcing states to pass laws, banning this insanity. It's a tough fight here in Boston, no question, because he did. He showed up Saturday outside Boston Children's Hospital, where they have lied about what they're doing to kids. And uh, a whole bunch of supporters showed up and no counter protesters. There were no Antifa scum outside Boston Children's on Saturday. Uh, He was looking forward to it. There were 150 Boston police officers there to uh, make sure things didn't get out of control, but there was no trouble. There was no counter protesters. It was just Billboard Chris and a whole bunch of supporters. A lot of them had their sandwich boards on. A lot of them were fearlessly standing up for kids. It was a great weekend for Billboard Chris. He had a lot of good conversations. You can go to his uh, Twitter feed or uh, or mine. I've, re- I've retweeted a number of things he's done. He had a bunch of good conversations while I was there. He said, as he said, we were at the Common, and he said, these he's, there's not going to be any trouble here because these people, they're on his side. He said the black community is very supportive. The religious community, of course, is very supportive. But we were hanging around outside the statue unveiling because the statue was all fenced in. It's been fenced in since it since it's been dropped in, in Boston Common, I don't know how many months ago. And they covered it. It was covered in a tarp and, and the and the fence was you couldn't see through the fence. You could see through the kind of the cracks in the fence. And it was and they had a an an entrance with cops and security. It was a closed event. It was just for the privileged few, the political elites. I thought I would be there hanging with my my congresswoman, Ayanna Presley, but I was uh, kept outside and she was inside with all the, the beautiful people, the connected people. They were singing songs and they were lying to themselves. It was this case of just this big group of people um, pretending this was a wonderful statue but it just didn't work. It doesn't work. It is, it, 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 it was a national joke. 
as soon as the thing was unveiled, the pictures went viral and some of them, some of them worse than others, you know, some, some you can kind of see, it looks like an arm and, and a hand and a, and a, and some fingers. It's supposed to be MLK and Coretta Scott King embracing, uh, hugging. Now look at that picture that Ironhead just put on the screen. If you're watching along with us and tell me, what does that actually look like? That, picture went viral. I was tweeting it and and laughing about it. And it is, this is uncomfortable. This is a massive statue in the, in a very visible spot on Boston common. It's 22 feet high. You can walk under that um, arm, I guess. Are we calling it an arm? I think it was supposed to be an arm, but it just didn't work. Just for the record, this thing cost $10 $10 million to make. It was largely through uh, private donations. They raised eight, I think they raised like $8 million to, to start the process and then another two for, I don't know, upkeep. 10 million bucks for this obscenity, which is allegedly a tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. For that kind of money, don't you think you could afford to have his face, his head, have her face or had the photo it is based on you could see obviously both of their heads, their faces. It was a 1964 photo where they are hugging. It's a wonderful photo. I'm not sure why you couldn't make, there's the photo on top, why you couldn't make the statue for 10 million bucks look like the photo. Was that asking too much of the, uh, of the artist? Um, I, I did, there's a, there's a, uh, PBS, I think it's PBS, uh, article about it. Uh, the whole story, they have video. Uh, I tweeted it out. Um, the um, Imaral Paris Jeffries, executive director of Embrace Boston, the nonprofit the oversaw, says he became emotional when he first saw the sculpture. Someone said to me before I saw it the first time, imagine when you see it, you're going to cry. And I said, I've seen monuments before. I'm not going to cry. And I actually did. You cried? Well, I could see since you're uh, the leader of this group that raised the money and and uh, hired this um, this sculptor. I could see crying. It's a 20 ton sculpture. It was assembled in Walla Walla, Washington. It took five truckloads to get it to Boston. The thing started in 2017. They took they had 126 bids for people who wanted to make a sculpture uh, in tribute to MLK. They rejected the other 125. (laughs) What? And they picked this one. It is just the most humiliating thing you you can imagine. The, uh, the uh, sculptor's name is Thomas. uh, uh, Hank Willis Thomas is the sculptor. And he's very proud of it, I guess. I mean, this is what he proposed and they accepted it and he did it and they paid him handsomely. But now I'm sorry, Hank Willis Thomas and embrace Boston. You have become a, 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 a joke. It, the, the country is laughing. It is uh, one penis joke after another. And uh, like I said, I couldn't get in to see it, but I could see it through the cracks and the cops at the gate said it won't be open to the public till February. It's they're going to leave the fence up till February, but then they'll let everyone in and you can walk under it and you can see up close. You can see the, the veins in the arm. 
perhaps the most uh, uh, biting commentary, the most damning commentary about this came from someone named Seneca Scott. Uh, Seneca Scott is Coretta Scott King's cousin, uh, her first cousin. Seneca Scott wrote a column for Compact Magazine, an online magazine. The headline from Seneca Scott's column is a mast. <laughs> I can't even say this word. A masturbatory homage, homage to my family. The lead. You ready for this? By now, I'm sure you've seen it. The new Boston sculpture honoring Martin Luther King and his wife, Coretta Scott King, looks more like a pair of hands hugging a beefy penis than a special moment <laughs> shared by the iconic couple. Created by the organization Embrace Boston, the sculpture has inspired mad jokes on Twitter, and rightfully so. But for my family, it's rather insulting. You see, Coretta is my first cousin. And she writes, I didn't even know this. She said, Martin married up. Coretta was, came from a very distinguished family. They owned lots of land. Uh, create, uh, Coretta created a legacy of her own, fighting for healthcare workers and against apartheid. $10 million were wasted to create a masturbatory metal homage to my legendary family members, one of the all-time greatest American families. The Boston debacle could be a blessing in disguise by exposing the insidious insidiousness of astroturf woke movements that have come to dominate black America. How could anyone fail to see that this was a major dick move, pun intended, that brings very few, if any, tangible benefits to struggling black families? Consider this our declaration of interdependence, declares Embrace Boston. What does that even mean? Black families in America who need help don't care for more woke slogans. And she just rips this to shreds. Again, Seneca Scott, cousin of Coretta Scott King. That was just, I mean, the, 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 uh, the friggin' um, reviews of this were just uh, amazing. One after another, lots of people, lots of liberals, lots of, uh, um, uh, people, you know, people in the black community, people you were, who were expecting to just fawn over this, uh, were just stunned at how, at how, uh, embarrassing the whole thing was. And it is, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's not, it's not like they're going to tear it down. It's not like it's, it's not like it's a, a statue of Abraham Lincoln, by the way, right around the corner from this, was the spot where the Lincoln statue, where he sh it shows Lincoln freeing the slaves, a statue which was designed and paid for by freed slaves, was yanked away. It wasn't destroyed. It was put on mothballs by our cowardly mayor, uh, Marty Walsh. Uh, that, that statue was not good enough for the uh, Boston public to see. But uh, oh, this is British rapper Zuby. He writes... Uh, this is awful. Is that all wrote in a tweet? <laughs> this, this is awful. Uh, what's, you know the guy Torre, T-O-U-R-E, Torre, I'm trying to find his tweet. He destroyed it too. But can't have a statue of Abe Lincoln and a freed slave. But you can have this mess. That's the aerial shot right there. 
See, from this angle, from this angle, it looks like a sexual act is happening, not it's holding a penis. Like it uh, looks like it looks like the, it looks like that's a knee and that's a thigh and that's a head. If you catch what I'm getting at, uh, it just uh, it's 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 so bad. It's so bad, and they will never admit it. That's the thing. It's going to be there forever. That eyesore will be a part of the Boston landscape forever. Uh, tourists will come. It's again, very ris- visible spot. I'd say it's a uh, hundred yards from Tremont street right there by you know the, the kind of the main road through the common people are going to come from all over the world. They're going to come to Boston. They're going to say, let's go find that Emma. And they're going to go, what is this mess? Just a couple of, uh, you know, to be kind, it's a couple of arms, a couple of hands and the top of a head. <laughs> Do I have that right? Or is that an ass? I can't. I think that's a shoulder. Oh, that's a shoulder. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to guess every single one of the rejected proposals. That would be the 125 rejected pers- um, uh, the proposals was better. We're better than that. And uh, those people who got rejected just must be laughing, saying that's what they picked. <laughs> it just, this, this is just embarrassing. Um, and, and, and it cost 10 million bucks and took five years and got trucked here from, uh, from Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, and the people, it was funny there so on Friday, everyone just pretending how moved they were, how moving this was. And maybe, you know, the speeches were good. I couldn't tell they wouldn't let us in the thing. Uh, and there was music and there was a good atmosphere, but nobody can look at that and say, that is a fitting tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. How? Why? I mean, here's a, here's a I, fitting tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. Here's a statue of him hugging a woman he cheated on relentlessly. That's another thing. I mean, you really want to make his fidelity to his wife, the cornerstone of a tribute to MLK. I mean, we're all, we're all flawed human beings. He was a flawed man. I'm not sure his relationship with his wife is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and, you know, he was in Boston, but there's, you know, Boston has a special place. He, he got his uh, doctorate in theology from Boston University and he lived in the South End. There's still his home there, still has a plaque on it. And I guess it's uh, a tribute to BU, but that this was what BU was a real college before they started handing degrees to dummies like, uh, like uh, AOC. Um, but... Uh, they'll pretend this will be. This is going to be the biggest gaslighting thing. All there, every. I'm sure the Globe today. I I can't read it. I, I know I don't read it, but I'm sure the Globe's this weekend had a bunch of tributes saying, saying uh, how wonderful and fitting and poignant and profound this a moment was. It was anything but. It was embarrassing. It remains embarrassing, and it's a permanent blemish. This is not one of those statues that ever gets torn down, uh, and. Uh, let me, let me get, uh, uh, let's see. We got, we got Torre, Torre, Torre. I'm going to get to Torre, another, uh, uh, African American who probably wanted to like this, who probably wanted to praise this. Um, uh, this, this guy, this, this sculptor is just, it's embarrassing to be, um, uh, to be the sculptor. Imagine that you put five years of your life, you get paid a ridiculous amount of money 
and this is what you come up with. <laughs> it's not, it's not a great looking piece of art. Uh, not a great look, but at least you don't have to worry about it ever being uh, vandalized or ripped down. We only ripped down, you know, Lincoln statues and Ulysses says Grant statues and founding fathers. We don't rip down MLK, which is a good thing. Don't want to rip it down. Don't want to see it vandalized, but I cannot believe this is a permanent part of, of uh, Boston and uh, it will remain so. So uh, get used to this disaster. See, I got a solution. Tell me what you think of this. I mean, everyone knows it's terrible. Why not go back to some of the other ones that reje- that were rejected, find a good one, find an appropriate one. And uh, you know what you can do with this? Make it a tribute to Dirk Diggler. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's from Boston, right? Yeah. Is there any statue honoring Mark Wahlberg in Boston? I don't think so. So we could make this a tribute to Dirk Diggler and Mark Wahlberg, put a little plaque there uh, honoring Mark Wahlberg. And then uh, you could have a real MLK statue that includes like his face and maybe her face in, in a iconic pose and a respected, a respectful one that will not be mocked and ridiculed by... Uh, do you, do you I, think if this angle right here was the first thing people saw, the outrage wouldn't be so bad? Because the first angle most people saw was the, the penis angle. Yes, but it's too late. Yeah. Everybody's going to go visit it and say, I want to see that angle. <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to say about that photo? That photo. And and you know that that uh, that meme with the big black guy and he's got these like, he's, I don't know who he is, but he's naked. Yeah. And it just, that meme, that has taken over all the uh, photos of this uh, statue. That guy is included in most of them. So yeah. the, uh, uh, let me, um, there's, there's no turning back now. I guess it's part of Boston. It's going to remain part of Boston. And uh, people are going to, you know what they're going to do? They're going to look for it uh, and, and mock it and ridicule it and laugh at it. Um Who's, who's uh, I'm trying to find uh, somebody. <laughs> I, it's tough to recover from the uh, review from Seneca Scott, who uh, the, it's just one, one tweet after another. Some, most of which are, uh, you know, are, uh, are um, can't read, can't read them on a family show, but uh, good luck. You want to come to Boston and see our large, what does she call it? Large, uh, uh, our masturbatory, masturbatory homage, a pair of hands hugging a beefy penis. If you want to see the beefy penis, just go to Boston Common. You can't miss it. Beginning in February, you'll be able to walk under the beefy penis. Uh, <laughs> Rich says somewhere, Rex Chapman is talking, is writing about how wonderful the statue is. That's the job. If you work at the Boston Globe or the New York Times or you're Rex Chapman or some other woke a-hole, your job is to lie to yourself and your readers and talk about how much uh, this moved you, how wonderful this was. and uh, Or maybe you could make it, here's another idea. We could make it a tribute to Hunter Biden. I mean, another icon on the left, Hunter Biden. Uh, you know, let's get, let's get to Hunter. I want to get to Hunter because... As um, Jonathan Turley put it in a column he wrote for uh, for the uh, for Fox News, Jonathan Turley's uh, the headline is "A New Low for Hunter Biden, Fighting to Prevent His Daughter 
from using his last name. I mean, we know Hunter Biden is just scum. I mean, the whole family, the whole Biden family, they're just trash. As I've said many, many times, and I was tweeting about it again over the weekend because there were some photos of little Navy Roberts who was hoping to become Navy Biden. That would be Hunter Biden's daughter. That would be Joe and Jill Biden's granddaughter. They're, they're such classy people that they do not acknowledge her existence, their own granddaughter. They don't hang a stocking for her at Christmas. They hang stockings for their dog and their cat and their other grandchildren. They don't say her name. Uh, Joe Biden was asked about it one time and he got pissed off and says it was a personal issue. He wasn't going to talk about it. They don't acknowledge the existence of their own granddaughter. Hunter Biden is scum and so are his, so is his father and his uh, stepmother. That's all you need to know as a person. You have a granddaughter. She's beautiful. Little blonde girl, four years old. They don't want to meet her. They don't want to, they will not invite her to the White House. They will not talk to her on the phone. They will not send her a Christmas gift. They are trash. You thought it couldn't get worse than excluding her from Christmas while, you know, hanging stockings for all the other grandkids and giving gifts to all the other grandkids. And and you thought it couldn't get worse than denying she exists solely because her mother was a stripper and her father is a worthless crackhead. Well, the, uh, the as we know, Hunter Biden fought against her mother in court, denied it was his kid. They, uh, they went to court. They, they, they proved that it was his, his child through DNA. It's his daughter. Then he fought paying child support. He refused to pay child support. She had to sue him to get him to support his own daughter. Um, now that's, that's, that's Luden Roberts right there on the screen. That's the mother, the former stripper who made the mistake of having a relationship with uh, Hunter Biden. Um, DNA testing forced by forced by a court. Hunter was found to be the father and he continued to resist efforts to force him to pay child support and supply financial records. Um, she won in court. He has to pay. Then he went to court again to try to lower the payments because he said his income had dropped. He was driving a Porsche living in a $10,000 a month house in Malibu and and going to court to lower his child support payments for a daughter that he wouldn't, will not acknowledge, will not talk to, will not visit, will not support. I mean, it's, it's really is a new low. Well, this is a new low. The mother, and I, I don't know why, but she wants to change little Navy Roberts name to Navy Biden because she is a Biden. And she thinks that name for whatever reason will help her in the long run, help her, um, this, the, uh, uh, I, I have the petition here that explains why she wants to change the name. She thinks it will help the daughter in, in life and, and maybe it will. I mean, let's, let's face it. Hunter's made millions and millions off that name, selling that name to the highest bidder. Uh, and then the, uh, the mother, uh, Luden wants her daughter to have the same, uh, uh, ability to, to sell the name. Um, but he's fighting it. Hunter Biden is fighting this girl's attempt to change her name to Biden, even though it's his own daughter, man, do you get any lower than that?
As Jonathan Turley points out, taxpayers pay more for security for Hunter Biden, more for security, for, for Secret Service protection of Hunter Biden, than Biden pays to support his own daughter. Oh, God. I mean, can you imagine if it were Trump, if this were Don Jr. or Eric Trump doing this? Uh, uh, Biden, uh, Luton Roberts sought to have the surname changed for a daughter, even after a long and abusive, even after his long and abusive treatment of his daughter in court. Hunter Biden's opposition is breathtaking, writes Turley. He opposes his daughter using his name and says that if she does, she will never have a peaceful existence. Never have a peaceful existence? Oh, by the way, they denied Secret Service protection for the girl and her mother. So they're living in Arkansas. They got no security, no protection because Joe Biden made that choice. Uh, I don't even understand what that means. She will not have a peaceful existence. Uh, Biden did not feel that way about his other four children. They're all true Bidens and they're living peaceful existences. Of course, they're living privilege. It is only Navy Joan who he does not want to bear the family name. Uh, Hunter's concern for Navy Jones' peaceful existence is a bit odd since he has reportedly never even seen his daughter after fighting for years to deny his parental status and child support. While living in a luxurious mansion in Malibu, Hunter continued to fight his obligations under child support and requested in September of 2022 to have his payments lowered bemoaning how his financial circumstances were difficult for him. Uh, Hunter is asking circuit court judge Holly Meyer to deny Navy Joan the ability to use her father's surname and claiming that it's in her own best interest. The filing is so self-serving and transparently dishonest that it does what was once thought impossible, reaches a new low for Hunter Biden. That is indeed, I didn't even know you needed permission to change your name, particularly if that's your father. And he proved that she proved it in court. That's amazing. All of his reported selfies having sex and doing drugs with prostitutes were shocking. His attacks on his former sister-in-law, Hallie Biden, uh, widow of his brother, Bo, who he later had a romantic relationship with, were appalling. However, the craven effort to deny this child his name reaches a level of CAD that stands unrivaled. Good point. And of course, this is all supported by Joe and Jill Biden. The first, uh, the first family is a trash family, truly. Imagine just thinking that. I don't want my kid to have my name. She's your kid. She's your kid. She should have your money, your name, your connections. Uh, and she should be able to sell that name just like you do, scumbag. But uh, hopefully the court, uh, hopefully she wins in court. You know, the mother wants the name. Maybe she just wants uh, some acknowledgement that she is indeed a Biden. Uh, most When I tweet about this, most people respond by saying she's better off not having that name. And maybe she is, but, you know, maybe she just wants to grift like he does, like they all do. Which brings us to... Uh, the latest in the uh, classified documents scandal. Uh, We got to get to this. It was just a wild weekend and it's going to get wilder. And I think we now know why they are circling the wagons around uh, Joe Biden in the media. Cause this, we've got a little glimpse 
of what's behind the curtain. And this is going to get really, really bad for the Bidens. That's my prediction. Obviously, the media will do their best to fend off this latest scandal, but it ain't just about classified documents. It's much bigger. It goes much deeper and it's much worse. The president, Joe Biden, and his trash family are in real trouble. But first... Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings when you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement? Diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Jerry to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Jerry to 989898. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I, since last we uh, we were we were here Friday. It's Monday, so that means only what six or seven more classified documents found. We don't know actually when they're at Mar-a-Lago. They're called classified documents. When they're in Joe Biden's garage, they're called documents with classified markings. That's the difference. If you're New York Times or Washington Post, documents with classified markings. We know they were in his garage, one of the least secure places you could put them. We know they were in his library. They found more in his Wilmington, Delaware home, although we're not sure if it's his home. It might be Hunter Biden's home. But we talked about this last week, and it's gonna, this is going to happen. Get ready. We know the office, quote unquote, was a money laundering operation. The Penn Biden Center for Global Diplomacy and Money Laundering was a way for Penn to get donations from communist China and funnel them to Joe. It was a money laundering operation so they could enrich the vice president and he could give them his connections with China. That was clear. Hopefully the new uh, Republican Congress, the Republican House gets to the bottom of it, but that was bad. We now know, we think we know what was going on in Wilmington, Delaware, one of Joe Biden's many mansions. Hunter Biden on this, on one form said he paid 49000 a month rent to live at that house. What does that sound like? That sounds like another money laundering operation. We know, uh, we know that Hunter made as the front man for the money laundering scheme. We know uh, Hunter made millions 
uh, overseas in Russia and China and Ukraine and many other places. And we often wondered, how did he kick, how did he kick the 10% to the big guy who is Joe Biden? We know that that's well-documented. Well, we might have a way. Yeah. He gives him 50,000 a month rent. That's again, that this is illegal. This is unethical. This is uh, the next shoe to fall. And thank God the Republicans took the House, because if they didn't, the media and the Democrats would absolutely be in, be in full cover-up mode. They, they will anyway. They're going to try to cover this up. They'll do their best. But the Republicans have subpoena power. They can work. And I think they're going to. This guy, Jim Comer, uh, is already out front talking about how they're going to look at this thing from every angle, including this. The same form, by the way, says he owned the house. So I don't know. He either owned the house or he paid 50 grand in rent, whatever. It was a way to funnel money to dad. We've talked about this in the past. The upkeep on his mansions was paid for by Hunter. Hunter had to pay the landscapers and the painters and the cleaners and everything else and the taxes. Why is that? Because Hunter was making millions selling Joe Biden's name and Joe Biden wanted his cut and it was one way to get him his cut. This is clear cut evidence of, see that's, he owns and he pays 50,000 in rent. Now granted, he's a crackhead, he's a, he's a drug addict, his mind's not clear. But if you look into this, I think you're gonna find out this was a way that Hunter funneled the money to Joe. Um, uh, this is from the, you gotta, you gotta look hard to find all the details. Although Miranda Devine has been covering this beautifully. This is from uh, trendingpoliticsnews.com. According to text messages found on Hunter Biden's laptop, the president's son was on the hook for 50% of family expenses. How did Hunter Biden get his money back, get this money back to his father? Quote, I hope you can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. Hunter Biden said to his daughter, Naomi, in January of 2019, it's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. So that's in his own words saying that pop Joe Biden, the grifter in chief made Hunter give him half his salary. The New York Post writes, the laptop doesn't contain any direct evidence of such money transfers, but shows Hunter was routinely on the hook for household expenses, including repairs of the Wilmington home. In December 2020, weeks after his father was elected, Hunter Biden announced that his, quote, tax affairs were being investigated by federal authorities in Delaware and said he was confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate I handled my affairs legally and appropriately. Recent reports have indicated investigators believe they have enough evidence to charge the first son with tax crimes, as well as lying about his drug abuse on a federal gun form. That's that's a small part of it. We're going to find out that uh, Joe Biden, by the way, didn't declare 50000 a month in rental income on his taxes. He said he got like 19000 for the whole year. Um, but I guess this thing about him owning the house that he was also renting, <laughs> that kind of muddies the waters and confuses things. But it's going to be tough. Obviously, he had stole classified documents. And we've gone over this, but the difference in Trump and, and Biden, the media is doing their best to spin it and claim that Trump was worse for whatever reason. Trump, Mar-a-Lago is much more secure than a garage in, in, in Wilmington, Delaware. 
also, they, he stole them six years ago. He's had possession of them for six years. And his crackhead son, with all kinds of connections overseas to our enemies in the Chinese Communist Party and Russia, he had a key. He had access to these documents. Has there ever been anyone in, in American history more blackmailable, more vulnerable than Hunter Biden? I can't imagine how you could have these documents in a less secure place with a less secure person than Hunter Biden. So the trouble mounts for the president. And as we mentioned last week, it sounds like people in the party, in the Democrat party, the long knives are out. They're done with him. He's compromised. He was going to be a terrible candidate anyway. So they're going to use this as a way to nudge the old guy out and nudge someone else into the picture when the campaign for 2024 begins. It's going to be just glorious if Joe Biden says, I'm running, if he announces I'm running and everybody in the Democrat Party is like, oh, God, no, don't do it to us, Joe. All right, let's get to his weekend. Man, when you saw this, when you saw Joe Biden appear uh, up at the on the altar or on the pulpit, whatever, at the church in uh, the Ebenezer Church in, uh, in Atlanta, you knew, you knew where this was going. You knew this is Joe Biden, the liar, the embellisher, as the New York Times calls him, the story and teller in chief, who sometimes embellishes and sometimes things just don't add up. You knew he was going to be in full storyteller mode. And indeed he was, he did not disappoint. He mentioned, by the way, marching in the civil rights movement, which he never did complete lie. I think he mentioned going to see Nelson Mandela too, which he loves to say. And for some reason, I mean, we've seen people lie before. Oh man, we got to get to George Santos. I almost forgot. George Santos had the funniest friggin'. I mean, there, there is some hilarious stuff for Santos. Maybe we can get to it tomorrow. Uh, oh, Santos is unbelievable. He has to, we have to keep him around just for comic reasons. There's never, uh, George Santos is insane. He is unstable and insane. Uh, Joe Biden's just, you know, dementia ridden and, and entitled and protected. So he feels empowered to tell the same lies over and over again because the media generally ignores him. And, you know, the New York Times makes excuses for him. But this latest one is just so silly. I mean, honest to God, just so ridiculous. He talks about going to church when he was in high school. And call, first of all, I mean, he, he claimed again to be a devout Catholic. Devout Catholics do not support partial birth abortion. He is a complete fraud. He's not a devout Catholic. Uh, but anyway, let's let's listen. I'll let Joe take it from here. Go ahead, Joe. And let's say one thing to rest. I may be a practicing Catholic. I used to go to 7.30 Mass every morning in high school and then in college before I went to the black church. Not a joke. Andy knows this. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> 7.30 Mass every day in high school and college. First of all, nobody does that, even if you're a devout Catholic. Secondly, if you went to church at 7.30... When did you go to school? <laughs> I mean, you're not getting out till 8.30, right? But well, it's, just, it's just so silly. Nobody believes it. Nobody thinks he went to church. Nobody thinks he went to church in college every morning. I mean, just what is the point? You're in a church. You're trying to ingratiate yourself to the audience, the flock. I understand. 
but they don't believe you, Joe. They don't believe you. Was he embracing uh, Al Sharpton at the same moment? <laughs> embracing Al Sharpton, one of the great, you know, racial arsonists in our in our society today. And he was uh, giving him a big hug and elevating him, but goes to church every day before school. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, that was uh, Joe Biden uh, over the weekend. It's going to get worse, though. This, uh, first of all, there's going to be more documents. Secondly, even Democrats in the media are asking, why is his lawyers the one finding these? Why are, you know, why are lawyers finding all these classified documents and not, oh, I don't know, the FBI? Why are the FBI, if, if, if you don't search the home of Joe Biden when you're just finding classified documents all over the place, then how, how did you rationalize searching the home of Donald Trump? And how could you search anybody's home if you don't search this home? This requires a search. You know, crack of dawn with guns drawn, maybe, maybe. But there needs to be a, I, I mean, obviously the FBI is compromised. They're in Joe's, they're on Joe's side, but Joe Biden's lawyers aren't the one uh, who should be responsible for finding stolen classified documents. That's just that they're not impartial. I'm sorry. Maturity the, over Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next classified doc drop probably happen while we're sitting here speaking. Uh, but we got to move. We got to move. Let's get to, oh, you know what? Let's get to the NFL. I had such a good time watching the NFL. I didn't even know I went four and one. I thought I lost uh, at least one of those, but uh, it was just such an entertaining weekend. Obviously the San, San Francisco blew out Seattle. Well, not initially, but they blew them out. That was a lopsided game. San Francisco is tough. They are loaded. They are going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. And then the Jaguars come back from, what was it? 27, 20, nothing, 27, nothing, 27, nothing. The Jacksonville Jaguars, um, Trevor Lawrence makes history. He throws four picks and then four touchdown passes, four picks. He's got four picks and no TD. And then he shows four straight touchdown passes and wins the game. Now they have to go to Kansas city might be over for the uh, fairy tale Jaguars. Then the giants upset Minnesota in Minnesota. Brian Dayball does an amazing job of coaching up Daniel Jones, turning him into the next Josh Allen, which was his job, which is why they hired him away from Buffalo, they told him, see this guy? He's the same size as Josh Allen. He's got the same uh, expectations. First round pick, top pick, you know, can you do for Daniel Jones what you did for Josh Allen? And what do you know? He's done it. The Giants knock off Minnesota, who went down with a fourth, uh, fourth and eight last play, and Kirk Cousins throws a three yard out to Hawkinson. Just a bizarre way to end the game. The Bills almost choke away the game against Miami. Almost. That would have been the upset of the century. They were 13 and a half point favorites. They had all the power of DeMar Hamlin behind them again. They were home and they almost blew it. The Bills look a little shaky. That was not a good win. They survive. They host the Bengals, which is the best game next weekend. Looking forward to that. But tonight, Tom Brady hosts the Cowboys, the eight and nine bucks against the 12 win Cowboys in Tampa. And I'm pretty sure it's Tom's last game as a Tampa Bay buck. 
the rumors were swirling all weekend that he's headed to Vegas to play for Josh McDaniels and uh, could be true. I don't know. We'll see how tonight goes, but I'm rooting for Brady. I, I, I picked the Cowboys. I think did I pick the Cowboys? Let me check. Uh, yes, I did. Cowboys are three point favorites at Tampa. What a great Monday night. What a great, I mean, you, you know, what's reached the point with me in the NFL. If it's not a wild game, if it's not, the last second the game, if it doesn't go down the last, I'm shocked. If it, I'll be shocked if tonight is not a great game, if it's a blowout. The Baltimore Ravens lost to Cincinnati, but they had a Hail Mary at the end in the end zone that should have been caught, was almost caught, which would have made a big, led to a big decision for Har- Harbaugh whether they go for two or go for one and tie and go to overtime. But Jim Harbaugh, I mean, John Harbaugh, he's taken Belichick's, Belichick is the biggest dink in coaching. He like blows right by uh, Zach Taylor, like barely shakes his hand. He's just yelling and angry the whole game. Good to see him lose. It was good to see the Bengals advance. Bengals versus Bills is the game of the weekend. Two great young quarterbacks, dynamic offenses. This was the play of the weekend right there. The uh, fumble at the goal line on the QB sneak. Hubbardson. Uh, grabs it. And why do his teammates not turn around and block for him? I'm watching this and going, what are you idiots doing? You're just running with them. 99 yard or 98 yard fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, very dramatic. That's they needed that to win at home, but his teammates are running with him like with their hands in the air, instead of turning around and blocking Mark Andrews almost catches him. In fact, he gets a little nudge in the back. They definitely walk in the back. Right here. Boom. But what a dramatic play. What a weekend. Tonight, we, uh, tonight it continues. Brady hosting the Bucks. I picked the Cowboys, but I think I'm rooting for Tom to knock off the Cowboys. Because I love, I love when you have the collective uh, meltdown of Cowboy Nation and all the, you know, guys on ESPN. My friend Will Kane, big Cowboy fans. Doesn't Stephen A. Smith pretend to be a Cowboy fan too? I don't know. I think he likes everyone that talks to him. <laughs> Stephen, I said, they'll all, it'll be just, it'll be wall to wall. If, if Cowboys lose, just, you know, if, are they going to fire the coach? Are they going to trade Dak Prescott? I mean, it'll be, there's no fan base that goes into full panic mode quite like Dallas, the Dallas Cowboy fan base. So let's hope Tom pulls it out and just, just ruins the day for Cowboy nation, but we'll see. All right. Uh, what do we got to, let's get to, let's, uh, let me do Shay. And then we'll get to uh, the Miss Universe pageant. If you missed it, good news. The new owner of the Miss Universe pageant, which I believe used to be owned by Donald J. Trump, the new owner is vowing that from now on, the the, uh, the, the pageant was going to be all about women. In case you were wondering, you know, it's going to be all about women. But we'll, uh, we'll let you hear from the new owner of the Miss Universe pageant. But uh, first... Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down shade concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. 
is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I'm not a big uh, beauty pageant uh, fan. I did not know that Donald Trump doesn't own the uh, Miss Universe pageant anymore. And I didn't know that Anne Jagrajutep, Jagrajutep, Anne, let's call her Anne, is the new CEO of the JKN Global Group, which owns the Miss Universe contest. They had the um, contest in New Orleans the other day. And Anne uh, stepped up and made a speech and promised that the uh, pageant will be now, will be ran by women, be ran by women. But uh, let's, uh, let's listen to Anne uh, make the speech. She looks lovely, by the way, on stage the other night. Go ahead. The Miss Universe Organization <laughs> from now on is going to be ran by women, owned by a trans woman. For all women. <laughs> so uh, now men dominate women's sports, as we saw with uh, Lee and Thomas and mm-hmm. the track kids in uh, Connecticut and so many others. Now men are <laughs> going to be in control of uh, Miss Universe, a beauty pageant, as if you didn't know from... Uh, his voice there, and is a man, uh, is a uh, biological man, a Thai reality TV star and media mogul who bought Miss Universe for $20 million in 2022 and promises it will be ran by women. I thought it was going to be ran by him. <laughs> uh, it's just such a, it, it, just, does, does he think he's pulling it off is what I want to know. Does he think he's fooling everybody? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those ones though. And you're like, uh, uh, it's more believable, but then they speak and it ruins it. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're right. I mean, I guess if he's walking through the airport, he could pull it off. But when he starts talking and his Adam's apples moving, you kind of get on yeah, walk, walking through the airport. Like I have an aisle seat, get out of my way. <laughs> I don't think Ann's pulling it off, but, uh, they were, they loved it. The, the women were the happy that men are now uh, in control of the, the Miss Universe pageant don't don't want not one of those creepy guys like Donald Trump. You have a perfectly stable leader in Anne Jakratutatep. Uh, but uh, I didn't even see. Did you see who won? Who won the contest? I should have that here. I don't know. Like, uh, or is it? It, it, it was uh, it was probably Miss Mrs. Mister Alabama or something. Uh, doesn't say. Doesn't say maybe maybe they record it and uh, uh, <laughs> she talked. Jack Jack Ratutatep was lecturing women on what it means to be a woman. <laughs> oh boy, that's that we we should we should end it right there. We began with uh, Billboard Chris on Boston Common having many conversations with people, and invariably they go away saying, "Boy, he makes a lot of sense on why we shouldn't be." Uh, performing sex chain surgeries on children or giving them drugs to delay their puberty. He's got, uh, he's on, he's on the side of the angels and uh, it was a pleasure to just hang with him and watch him work. But uh, 
And then we got to see the statue. So kind of a busy day, busy weekend. I had a good weekend, uh, but, and it's not over. We got tonight. We got tonight. It is not the most depressing day of the year. Not by a long shot. Uh, happy MLK day. And uh, <laughs> if you want to laugh, check out the statue we now have in Boston. And you know what? I could see tourists. I'm going to be over there. I'm around there a lot. I could see tourists saying, where's that big penis? <laughs> it's because it's going to become a tourist attraction. Everyone's going to want to see the beefy penis, as Seneca Scott, Coretta Scott's uh, cousin called it. Uh, but hey, it's Boston now. It's part of Boston. It's part of our culture. So uh, I think we should embrace it. Let's all wrap our rank. Uh, let's all wrap our arms around the beefy penis. But uh, we'll leave it there uh, for today. Uh, funny sentence that that got me. <laughs> All right, good luck tonight bouncing back, Ironhead. You're back in the cellar where you belong. Thanks to everyone for listening and uh, commenting. Lots of comments on the comment line today. Um, Enjoy the game tonight. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.